Welcome back to the Servants of Grace podcast and to our theology segment. Today, one of our listeners writes in and they want to know, can you, Dave, can you help me understand what the incarnation is and the, the connection the, the connection between the incarnation and the high priestly ministry of Jesus? Well, this is, uh, this is a very good question and uh, I wish we had an hour to answer it, but we don't. We have about 10 to 15 minutes. So here's, here's my best answer. Several of the earliest controversies and key battles in church history were over Christ's divine and human nature. One of the classic texts to explain why Jesus had to become fully man so that he might perform priestly service before God on man's behalf is Hebrews 2, 17-18. Christ's ministry propitiated or turned aside God's wrath against man's sin. The classic explanation of this doctrine was given by Anselm of Canterbury 900 years ago in his towering work, Curus Deus Homo, which means why God became a man. See, speaking of the payment that must be made for man's sin, Anselm wrote, It cannot have been done unless man paid what was owing to God for sin, but the debt that was so great that while man alone owed it, only God could pay it, so that the same person must be both man and God. Thus it was necessary for God to take manhood in the unity of his person, so that he who in his own nature ought to pay, and could not should be in a person who could. Anselm of Canterbury gets to the heart of what the writer of Hebrews teaches in Hebrews 2.17. He had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful, merciful and faithful high priest. The Old Testament priest represented God before man, which is why the high priest was garbed with glory and honor. The high priest's apparel gleamed to portray the righteousness of God before the people of God. And so the high priest represented God before man, which is why the high priest wore an ephod of gold, upon which were fastened twelve stones, bearing the names of the twelve tribes of Israel. The purpose of the incarnation is that Christ, as the God-man, might bear his people's names upon his shoulders. As a true high priest, Jesus Christ is garbed in his own perfect righteousness, which he now presents on behalf of his redeemed people. Jesus went forth as the minister and representative of his people, offering his own precious blood, his divine and infinitely valuable life, which alone atones for the debt of not only man's sin, but the sins of the world. See, the work of Christ is one of turning aside God's wrath against man's sin. Christ's work of propitiation gets to the reason why he was born into the world, so that by his death as a God-man, he might break the hold of death on sinners and set his people free through the cross and the resurrection. Well, this explains the first and the second reason why Christ had to become a man and die. Hebrews 2.18 gives a third reason. Because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. See, Jesus is able to help his people in whatever circumstances they find themselves because he suffered in his people's place on the way to his death and on the cross dying for their sins. The fact that Christ has done all this is proof of his full humanity in that he himself has suffered when tempted. Christians often associate Jesus' temptation in the wilderness of the desert, but there Jesus was afflicted with great hunger and the temptation to accept the crown without the cross. While these were great temptations, Jesus overcame them all. And as a result of Jesus' temptation and suffering, he knows what his people are going through. Whatever they are struggling with a variety of temptations or going through hard times. Jesus knows what it's like to go through hardship because he endured the sins of humanity on the cross. Jesus, the high priest over his people, has real sympathy and compassion for what his people are going through. Some people think Jesus doesn't know the full range of human experience 
because he wasn't a sinner. This questions whether or not he can have full sympathy for sinners. Far from Jesus knowing less than his people do about temptation, Jesus knows far more about temptation than his people do because he endured it to the point of sweating blood in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he felt the weight of man's sin in preparing to die on the cross. B.F. Westcott is correct when he says this. Sympathy with a sinner in his trial does not depend on the experience of sin, but on the experience of the strength of temptation to sin, which only the sinless can know in its full intensity. He who falls yields before the last strain. Jesus has real and knowledgeable sympathy with those who are tempted, which is why the scriptures say he is able to help his people. Jesus is not just like us. Jesus is the Redeemer, and his people are the sinners in need of such a champion. Jesus' work is hardly impersonal or mechanical. It's heartfelt. It's sensitive. Jesus felt nails as they were driven into his hands and feet so that he might rescue his people from the power of death. The quality of mercy of Christ's work is intimate. It's personal. It's knowing. This intimate, personal, and knowing work calls his people to love him as a savior who has gone to such lengths to know his people in the midst of their trials, to have the fellowship of suffering. Jesus' suffering means that he is able to help his people and understands all of what they're going through. Whatever God's people encounter difficult circumstances or trials, they have a sympathetic and a merciful high priest who hears when his people cry out to him. Understanding Jesus as high priest ought to be a great encouragement to the people of God, that they can turn to the Lord in prayer, whatever their circumstances they find themselves in. You see, one of the major aspects of Jesus' high priestly ministry is his ability now to save his people. His ability to save them means that his people can trust him, knowing that his death will bring them no harm, but bring them to Jesus. His people can trust him for today, knowing that he knows and understands any and all the present temptations and struggles they go through. Jesus is able to help his people by praying for them at the throne of his Father in heaven and by sending the Holy Spirit into their hearts, giving them strength that is of him. This is why Paul said, I I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me, Galatians 2.20 says. Despite all of Paul's many trials, it was with knowledge of Christ's personal power that he could declare, I can do all things through him who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13 says. See, Jesus Christ, God's own Son, became a man to be a total Savior, sufficient for the whole range of their whole need. People are lamenting daily in this world of woe, asking, where is God? Why doesn't he do something? Thing. Meanwhile, he has done everything indeed. In fact, he's done more than they could ever ask or imagine. God has entered into man's world. He has walked through the dust of this earth. He whose life has wept before the grave, and he who is the bread of life has felt the aching of hunger in his belly. He has taken the thorns that afflict this sin-scarred world and woven them into a crown to be pressed upon his head. He has stretched open his arms in love that his hands that wove creation might be nailed to a wooden cross. And then he rose from the dead, conquering all that would conquer his people, setting his people free to live in peace and joy before the face of God. That's all God has done for you. So let's trust him. Take him at his word. Believe him. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Servants of Grace podcast and to our 
theology segment. If you enjoy this these episodes, I just want to encourage you, go ahead and share them with your friends and your family on social media. Send uh, send some emails out to your to those who are need to hear this. Um, I just want to thank you guys for continuing to listen to these episodes and, and pray that Christ will richly bless you.